What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Electric Factory Podcast. We have an absolutely loaded docket for you guys today. So much to talk about, so much going on in sports right now. The Super Bowl just wrapped up. Pitchers and catchers reported to spring training today. And the big cat is back, folks. Tiger Woods is playing in the Genesis Open starting tomorrow, and we are going to dive into all of that and more in this episode. So let's get let's get right into it with the Super Bowl. Obviously, it was a phenomenal game, which I think most people expected it to be. Um, and we were treated to just a great game. Uh, both quarterbacks played great, and I think Jalen Hurts even probably played out, outplayed Patrick Mahomes. So that is something that not many people expected. But the Chiefs did come out on top 38-35. to 35. Um, Pat myself on the back just a little bit here because I had 37-34 Chiefs. Just one point off from predicting that proper score. Um, but yes, it was a great game. And obviously most people were talking about that holding call on James Bradbury at the end of the game. And... While I do think it was a disappointing way to end such an instant classic game, Bradbury came out and said it was the right call. So I don't know what people really want the refs to do in that situation. If they made the right call, they made the right call. Obviously, we we all would have liked to seen the Eagles get the ball back and get a chance to go down and send it to overtime or win it in regulation. But that's not what happened, and that does not take away from the great game that we were treated to on Sunday. And one thing that I kind of really want to take away from this game is um Patrick Mahomes legacy he is only 27 years old and he is climbing climbing fast in my all-time quarterback rankings and I think a lot of people's all-time quarterback rankings if he retired today he's hands down first ballot pro football hall of famer I don't think that's really up for much debate he's got two MVPs two Super Bowl MVPs and two rings that is that is um that's top five quarterback material, I think. Um, if you think about some of the other guys that are up there, Manning had two Super Bowls. Um, Drew Brees only had one. Uh, and then tack on those two MVPs that he's got in the regular season with it. Um, he's just he's right up there with the, with the best of them right now. He's on pace to um, definitely, definitely push Brady, I think. And the way that the team is set up, they're so built to win for the future there very young Mahomes and Kelsey are locked in and then the running backs you've got Pacheco you've got McKinnon two guys that don't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon um and if the Chiefs can maybe hit big on a receiver in uh in the draft then they're going to be set to make another push at the Super Bowl for not only at next year but years to come as long as Andy Reid sticks around he is Probably he is the best play caller in the NFL. I don't think there's much debate about that. He diced up that Eagles defense in the second half um, more than they have been really all season long. So hats off to Reed, hats off to Mahomes because Mahomes is, like I said, he's climbing fast in the all-time quarterback rankings, and he's he's just a he's unbelievable. Really, the when you watch him play. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Like I said last week in the preview, he just seems to will his team to victory. Like, there's just nothing that anyone can do to stop him. They can throw the frickin' kitchen sink at him, and Mahomes is just going to make it happen. And I don't think we've really seen anything like that. Even Brady felt mortal at times coming down 
the home stretch where it just feels like if Mahomes gets the ball in the final minute of a game tied up, he's going to go down, he's going to score, and he's going to eventually somehow find a way to win that game. I know people might point to last year losing that game to um, Cincinnati in Arrowhead. That's obviously not a good loss for Mahomes, but it just feels like that guy, you, you whenever he's on the field, you're going to have a chance to win. So hats off to Mahomes, another great performance, another Super Bowl MVP. Um, and I think what I want to do real quickly here is go into my top 10 quarterbacks of all time because I'm I'm going to have uh, Mahomes on this list. A little spoiler alert for you guys. Uh, so I just want to, I want you guys to see where I stand here and I think it's always fun to do these lists. Everyone likes to debate these lists. So without further ado, my top 10 quarterbacks of all time. Coming in at number 10, we've got Roger Staubach for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Staubach played in quite a different era than most of these guys, so his stats may not jump off the page. Only 22,700 yards, um, 153 touchdowns to 109 interceptions, but Staubach is a guy that won two Super Bowls. He was a six-time Pro Bowler, um, and he was just super clutch. He won 23 game-winning drives in the fourth quarter in his career, um, two Super Bowls for the Cowboys, and this is a guy that missed a good chunk of his career because he did not get to come straight out of college and play, something that a lot of people might not know. He um, went to the Naval Academy, so his stats could probably even be a little bit better had he been able to come straight out of college and go into the NFL, which is even more impressive, honestly, that he took all that time off of football. And I'm going to still have him clocked in here at the number 10 spot. Um, at number nine, we're going to go with another old school quarterback, Johnny Unitas. And this will be the, the last old school, I promise, guys, on this list. Um, Johnny U was really the he he was a, a revolutionary in the game for sure. Um playing around the same time as Staubach, he did win his Super Bowl and he won two NFL championships before it was the Super Bowl. Um for his career, forty thousand two hundred and thirty nine yards, which is so much for someone that played that long ago. Um two hundred and ninety touchdowns to two hundred and fifty three interceptions so not the best touchdown interception ratio but like I said the game was a lot different when Unitas played so Johnny U coming in at the number nine spot at number eight on our list we are going to go with Drew Brees Brees is a guy that only got one Super Bowl in his career and I think that is what really holds him back um, especially considering that he had plenty of other opportunities to make it um that was a really good Saints team for quite some time and he also does not have an MVP to his resume I think that's what really holds back Drew Brees but the stats jump off the page I mean 571 touchdowns 80,000 career passing yards the all-time leader in both of those when he retired so definitely all-time great resume you could argue for him to even be a little bit higher, but I think the one Super Bowl holds him back. The no MVPs holds him back just a little bit. But he really revolutionized the game, too. I know I'm going to say that with all these guys. They revolutionized the game. But Breeze especially, he kind of ushered in the era of quarterbacks being a little bit undersized. I don't. I think if it weren't for Breeze, you would never see guys like Kyler Murray, guys like Russell Wilson, 
Um, even like Baker Mayfield got drafted number one overall, probably because of Drew Brees' success. Tua, another guy. All these guys probably wouldn't have had as good of a chance in the league if it weren't for Brees showing that you do not have to be 6'4 to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. So Drew Brees coming in at number 8. Um, coming in at number 7 on our list, we are going to go with Brett Favre. Favre, I just have him edging out Breeze because he also has a Super Bowl and he's got three MVPs, which was the most of all time in the NFL when he retired, uh, which has since been eclipsed since by uh, Peyton Manning and his um, his successor, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Favre career, 71,838 yards. He retired as the all-time touchdown pass leader with 508. Um, Favre was known, he was the gunslinger. Everyone knows he wasn't known for his accuracy. He threw a lot of interceptions. He is still the career all-time leader in interceptions. But I think that Super Bowl combined with the MVPs is what just edges him over Breeze here. Three MVPs is definitely a, a big deal, big factor when ranking these guys. They both got the one Super Bowl. Favre lost another Super Bowl to John Elway, who will appear on this list just a little bit later. So I, I, I've got Favre just edging out Breeze just barely. Um, both these guys, easily debatable, could be ahead of each other, but I think Favre's MVPs edge him over Breeze just barely. Coming in at number six on our list, we are going to go with Dan Marino. Um, Dan was pretty much Aaron Rodgers before Aaron Rodgers. If uh, anyone anyone did not know that, he was probably arguably the most talented quarterback of all time, and the glaring thing of his resume is that he does not have a Super Bowl. That's the one thing that Dan Marino did not accomplish, but he was just an absolute freak of nature when he entered the league. Um, he still is in the argument, I think, for the most talented quarterback of all time, and which that's that's what's crazy is without winning a Super Bowl, I'm still going to have him number six on this list just because he was that good, I think. I think you have to respect what he accomplished in his career, and I think you have to respect even more than the accomplishments, just the talent. He's just on this list purely based off of talent. He was such a, a great, great quarterback. He retired also. All these guys seem to have retired as the all-time uh, passing touchdowns leader. So he had that title for quite some time. He won an MVP, nine-time Pro Bowler, Rookie of the Year. He made the Super Bowl in his first or second season and lost to Joe Montana. And... He never was able to get back in his career, which is a shame, but I think just based off talent, you have to have Dan Marino on your list, and I've got him coming in at number six. Coming in at number five, this is where I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes, and this is going to be a very, very controversial take. Patrick Mahomes at number five, I think what he's already accomplished, the two Super Bowl rings gets him in, to that upper echelon of quarterbacks. And I think that he's he's there. I think just like Marino, you've got to put him in the top 10 just based on talent alone. And then the two Super Bowls and the two MVPs so young in his career. I think he's, I think he's the fifth best quarterback of all time. I really do. 
I don't think there's much much debate. Um, well, there is there's definitely debate, but I think that he definitely deserves a spot in the top ten, and I think that by the time it's all over, I think he's going to even be higher on this list just because he doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. You see these guys that come into the league hot, Lamar Jackson, um, even guys like Baker Mayfield made the playoffs early in their career, and then they slow down. They never seem to... Even Dan Marino made the Super Bowl in his first year, and then they slow down. Mahomes is showing no signs of slowing down, and that's why I've got him coming in at number five on my list. Coming in at the number four spot, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. And this, I think, is going to be another really controversial take because he's not the most popular guy. But I think, I think personally, I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback of all time. I think Mahomes is going to give him a run for his money. But I don't think that anyone in the history of the NFL can make the throws that Rodgers could make when he was in his prime. I've seen him throw off a of flat feet a billion times and it's just really it's something else to watch and I think he's the most talented quarterback of all time four MVPs um which is absolutely insane and along with his one Super Bowl um that's the glaring thing for Rodgers resume which is I mean the Super Bowl is hard to win guys that's that's what I think people take for granted with Brady with his seven it's not easy to win a Super Bowl um a lot of guys only got one in their career a lot of guys only got two um, so winning one in its own is, is hard enough to do. So you got to respect Rogers for even getting the one. It is a shame that he has never gotten back ever since, but I think just based on talent and I mean, success, I mean, his stats, he's got the highest career pass rating of all time. He's got four MVPs second to only Peyton Manning. So I think, I think he's got to be on this list and I think he's, I think he's high up on this list. I think he's number four. That might be a little bit personal bias because Rodgers is my favorite quarterback of all time as well, but I don't think that's that bias because I think that he is the most talented quarterback to ever play the position. Coming in at the number three spot, Peyton Manning. Peyton, probably the most intelligent quarterback to ever play the position. I've always heard everyone say no one did a pre-snap like Peyton. Um, he's got two... and. Two Super Bowls, five MVPs, 71,000 yards, 539 touchdowns. Also, I believe, retired as the all-time passing touchdowns leader. Um, the, intang the intangibles are what really separate Peyton from a lot of guys. Like I said, his pre-snap was second to none. And he just dissected offenses more than really anyone else. He didn't have... He obviously had a big arm, but he didn't have necessarily the skill set of a guy like a Rodgers or a Mahomes when it comes to making these throws outside the pocket or even escaping the pocket. But he was just such an intelligent guy, and that's what really carried him to victory. Um, his second Super Bowl, I do think, is a little bit watered down because he was horrendous that year. Um, I believe the final stat line is seven, touch seven passing touchdowns or nine passing touchdowns to 14 interceptions. He really was just back there to hand the ball off. Um, the defense carried them to that Super Bowl, so... He does have the one legitimate Super Bowl in um, Indianapolis, and I think the second one, it's not illegitimate, but I just think that you can't give him as much credit for that one as you might give Mahomes for his two or Montana for his four or any other guys that have multiple Super Bowls. But nonetheless, Peyton is obviously a top-five quarterback of all time, and I've got him slotting right in here at the number three spot. Coming in at number two, 
and closer than I think most people think, I've got Joe Montana. Montana is probably the the most the best big game quarterback of all time. I know that's going to raise some eyebrows, but Montana's career passer rating in the Super Bowl is 127.3. He never threw an interception in the Super Bowl. He's got 12 touchdowns to no interceptions. And that's just that's unbelievable. Brady's career Super Bowl passer rating I think is like 90 and a half, which is still phenomenal, but that's nothing compared to what Montana was in the big games. Montana was Brady before Brady. He won four Super Bowls, 4-0 in the big game. Only 40,000 passing yards because he didn't necessarily play for, for that long. He was a, a four-year starter in college, so lost a couple years there. And then retired fairly early. He didn't play into his 40s like Brady did. Um, Montana, 273 touchdowns, 139 interceptions. But like I said, the big thing to his resume that gets him up here to number two is the four Super Bowls, the 4-0 eight-time Pro Bowler, two-time MVP, and like I said, just the probably the clutch, clutchest, best big game quarterback of all time. If you've got a game to win, I know a lot of people are going to take Brady, but I don't think that many people realize how good Montana was in the big game, and I think just slightly, I would, I would tend to take Montana over Brady if I had a big game to win, so that's why we've got Montana at number two. And coming in at number one, the GOAT, Tom Brady. We talked a lot about Tom extensively in episode 8 when he announced his retirement, so we're just going to go briefly here. Tom, seven Super Bowls. We all know the story. Um, there's really no one, no debate here. you got to put him at number one. When he's got seven Super Bowls, it's just, he's not even, it's not even close, guys. I mean, no one else, I mean, Montana's second with four. Um, Tom's the all-time leader in passing touchdown, passing yards, you name it. He's got it. Um, he's the best quarterback of all time. He's the best all-around regular season and playoff quarterback of all time. There's there's not much else that you can say about Brady. 28 to three comeback in the Super Bowl. That I mean, I just gave Montana his credit. I got to give Brady his credit too. Really clutch. Really good. Really really great. And just just the best quarterback of all time. And uh, something now that I'm realizing and I, I feel a little stupid is that when I was making this list, I omitted John Elway. That was That's bad on my part. Um, a little Just a little piece on Elway here. Uh, 51,000 yards, 300 touchdowns, two Super Bowls, which is, I think, overlooked by a lot of people. Um, the quarterbacks in the two Super Bowl club are a lot smaller than the ones with, with a single one, so that's big for Elway. And if I had to I obviously I'd take out Staubach and slot Elway and he would probably come in somewhere in the six, seven, and eight range if you guys were wondering. Um Elway was the kind of guy that a lot of people still say he's the most talented quarterback they've ever seen. Um the most polished prospect coming out of college. So Elway definitely a guy that should be in the top ten. That's my fault. A bad omission on my part, but we're gonna make that amendment right here. Staubach is out, Elway's in. Um, I think that's all I got to say really on the quarterbacks. Um, just once again, credit to Mahomes. He's building quite the legacy and I think he's going to be something that a lot of us are going to be talking about for a very long time. Um, moving on to a little bit of baseball as pitchers and catchers reported yesterday, and we've already got a little bit of news out of Texas Rangers camp. And 
I'm not necessarily happy because you never want to see injuries, but just a week ago I did say I didn't like the Rangers signing of Jacob deGrom because it's a lot of money to tie down to a guy that cannot stay on the field. And just like that, I get the alert on my phone today. DeGrom has been shut down for at least the day, the next two days. He's got some um, tightness in his arm. So another, I just, I'm going to reiterate that I just don't like putting a lot of money into a guy, especially a guy that you need to be a workhorse. When you're signing a pitcher to be your ace, your best pitcher, you need to know that he's going to be able to go out there and win you the game every five days. That's a game that you have to be able to count on week in and week out. And I just don't think you can do that with DeGrom. It's the story that the Mets saw all too often, and they opted, instead of signing DeGrom, they went out and got a 39-year-old Justin Verlander because he's probably more reliable than DeGrom. So what does that say about DeGrom? Um... Yeah, hurt again. Hopefully he gets back on the field because he's fun to watch. No one ever wants to see anyone get hurt. But I can't say that I'm surprised. And then just moving on to a little bit like more of um, general baseball talk, I was very disappointed to see that the extra inning runner rule is being implemented full-time. Um, I'm a, a baseball traditionalist for sure. I... I don't like the changes that they're making in the game, to be honest with you. I don't like the pitch clock at all, and I don't like this runner rule. I don't think pace of play is nearly as big of an issue as everyone's making it out to be. The The issue with baseball is, quite honestly, tanking. I think that there's a good handful, 10 teams in the league that aren't even competing to win, and that's why you get all these blowouts and these long games, because you're getting you're seeing scores that are 15-0, to 12-3. I don't think the pace of play has anything to do with it. Baseball has been played the exact same way for over 100 years. It's a beautiful game. And now you're forcing these guys to use a pitch clock. And now in extra innings, I think that totally takes this strategy out of the game. I mean, you're just giving these teams runs in extra inning. If you can't score a run with a runner on second and no one out, you don't have any business winning that game in the first place. So I just I don't like it at all. I don't think that the games need to be shortened because a true baseball fan is going to be able to go sit down and watch a game for three to three and a half hours. I have no problem doing that. I know a lot of people that don't have a problem doing that. And if you can't do that, if you can't enjoy the game, I don't think that baseball is really your sport because a lot of people say that baseball is boring, but if you know the ins and outs of the game, you know the intricacies, the chess match, it's not boring at all. It's really not. It's something... That is so fun to watch. And I'll watch plenty of regular season games. A lot of people say they can't watch to the playoffs. I watch a lot of regular season games. I don't have a problem with it. Um, yeah, the, the runner rule in the extra innings is just not for me. I don't see why we have to make an attempt to shorten these games. Because extra innings is supposed to be the most fun part of baseball. When you get an extras, you want to see that walk-off. And now you're just making it too easy. You know, the guys don't even have to work for it. I mean, you're really putting the pitcher at a disadvantage. You're going to send a guy, as, as a pitcher myself, former pitcher, you're going to send a guy out there, runner on second, nobody out. It's really hard to get out of that without giving up a run. So you really have to get lucky at some point. you got to strike out a couple guys, or you get, someone's got to make a dumb base running error. But I think you're really putting the pitcher at a disadvantage. And I know that everyone wants to see runs, but I've said it time in and time out. I would much, much rather see a game that is 1-0 pitchers duel, guys are just going at it, than a 10-12 slugfest. I mean, that's that's no fun either, in my opinion. Obviously, this is all my opinion, but I just I really don't like the changes that baseball is making. Pace of play, all that junk goes out the window if I'm the commissioner because I think that you got to try and 
market market baseball for what it is. You can't change it because then you might bring in like a handful of fans, but you're going to lose your fan base. I don't think that the the amount of people they're going to gain from making these changes is going to offset the amount of people that they might lose from from making these changes. So I don't think it's smart by the MLB at all, but what do I know? Um, the final thing that I really want to talk about in this episode is the Genesis Invitational this weekend. You guys know I'm big, big on golf. We're going to be talking a lot of golf here from here on out. And the big storyline for this Genesis Invitational is Tiger Woods is back. He is playing in his first PGA Tour event in almost two years. That's something that goes overlooked by a lot of people because he did play last year, but they were only majors, and the majors are not technically PGA Tour events. So Tiger is back in action at his presser today. He said he's here to get the W. Um, Said he wouldn't play unless he thinks he's got a chance to win, which I think is true for a lot of guys, but especially true for Tiger because he's the kind of guy that does not want to go out and ruin his legacy by just going out there and missing the cut every time he plays. Um, And I think that a lot of people have asked me why I'm so excited to watch Tiger play this week, why it's such a big deal that Tiger's playing. And uh, I think that he he's the biggest draw in golf, and it's not particularly close. He His, his story, his everything is just on another level. He's the kind of guy that that draws in people from from not not even golf fans and that's very few and far between uh i kind of mentioned this when i was talking about brady but i think it even applies even more to tiger the relatability of tiger we like watching people who struggle we like watching people who fall down and can get back up and that i think was completely embodied in the 2019 masters um so tiger He's he's just he's the best. He I love watching Tiger. There's nothing that I like more in golf than watching Tiger on a Sunday. So I really hope that he can go out there and compete this weekend cuz when he's in the mix, it's the best. The best thing on the PGA Tour going around right now is is he's still Tiger and it will be till the day that he retires. Um my prediction for this tournament, unfortunately, I don't think that I can pick Tiger to win. He's just too much of a of a wild card. Um, it's hard to ignore the way Scotty Scheffler's playing right now. Um, Rory is obviously always going to be in the mix, but I think that this weekend I'm going to go with Justin Thomas, good friend of Tiger Woods, knows this course well at Riviera. Um, so I think we're going to take Justin Thomas to win this weekend, but hopefully Tiger wins. I really want Tiger to pull this one out. And so, yeah, Justin Thomas to win this weekend, but Hopefully Tiger's in the mix. That's what we all want to see. Tiger wearing that Sunday red with a chance to get a W. I think that's all we have for this episode. As always, thank you guys for listening. Check out the socials. Um, Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, share it with your friends if you like it. We're really trying to grow here. We're going to start putting in a lot of work on the social media accounts. We're going to keep these episodes turning out. We're trying to get twice a week for you guys. Thank you guys for listening as always, and um, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy Tiger tomorrow. Check that out. I think it's going to be on Golf Channel tomorrow on Friday. So if you're interested, check that out. Sure to be very entertaining. Um, And thank you guys for listening, and, and God bless.